0: Welcome to the Better Part Podcast. I'm Jenna Scott, a wife, mom of seven, and most importantly, daughter of Christ. Jesus wants more for us than the chaos, comparisons, and confusion of this modern life. Let's grow toward him as we journey through motherhood together. Hello. Hi, how's it going? How are you? Thanks for being here. I'm so glad you made it back. We are on episode eight of the prayer series. How exciting. Am I a real podcaster now? Now that I'm on my eighth episode, can you believe it? Maybe, maybe. Who knows? When are you a real podcaster? I don't know. But I'm glad to be here with you today. I'm sitting here in my closet with my big old belly. But have no fear. I took three Tums before I came in here, so we should make it for the next 20 minutes. So, you know, doing great. (laughs) I am due with this baby in just a few short weeks, so I'm super excited. But also, I'm motivated. You know why? Because I'm hoping to record the next, I guess, five episodes, including this one for you, Within the next couple weeks. That way they will be all scheduled out, all ready for you. The prayer series will be completed. It will be all set for you. And then I'm gonna be taking a little break after that. So partly because I have a baby and partly because I'm hoping to kind of structure this podcast to where we have series, and there'll be a series kind of focused on a topic, and then we'll have a little break, and then we'll start a new series. And I actually before this podcast even comes out, I'm going to post a survey. And so if you would like to have any input on what the next series looks like, I am going to post a survey in the Instagram world um, at the better part pod. I don't have to say a dot com at the better part pod for Instagram. I'm new to Instagram. Sorry about that. Sorry about my content. But I have a dear friend, Marcy, who's been helping me a lot out. So shout out to Marcy. Thank you for all your help. And um, check out that survey. Check out that survey. Um, probably It's probably still up by the time this podcast comes out so that you can check it out and put some input in there because I think this series will finish kind of mid-March and then I'm going to take at least two months off. So mid-May, maybe a little bit after that, I'll kind of send some hints out to the world of when that next series will be coming. Maybe I'll give you a little teaser or something like that. But after that, the new series will start for the summer. So I would love to hear from you on what you're interested in hearing about, as well as just any feedback you have about the podcast, because I'm new to this. Remember, I'm very new to this. And I really, really, really would love to hear what you think about everything and what you would like to change, what would be best for you, because that's the whole point. I want to be able to serve you. So what's going to be best for you? Please let me know. Anyway, let's move forward on this series. So today we're talking about discernment of spirits. I'm really, really excited about it. You may have picked up in the past hundred times that I've mentioned his name, but I'm a big fan of St. Ignatius of Loyola, and we're going to be talking about his rules for discernment this episode. And then the next three episodes after that are going to be guided meditations. So if you've been working on your meditative prayer, or if you just love meditative prayer and want maybe a little bit, some new stuff, new material to meditate on, or um, if you haven't attempted it yet, this would be a really great way to start because these will be guided. I'm just going to kind of give little prompts, maybe have some nice music in the background. Doesn't that sound nice? And it'll be a way for you to spend a little time with the Lord in maybe a different context. So we'll do three episodes of that. And then we'll have one final episode, final thoughts. And I'm especially using any feedback I've gotten from any listeners about tips that you have about prayer or any last questions people have had or things people have brought up to me. So those last things, if you have anything that you would like me to hit on on the last episode of the series, please reach out to me. I really would love to hear it. So you could email me at thebetterpartpod at gmail.com, or you can, again, get on Instagram and message me. Be patient with me because... (laughs) Again, I'm new. And I think I miss messages sometimes. So be patient with me. It may take me a couple days to see your message if you message me on Instagram. (laughs) I feel like a grandma, guys. I'm so (laughs) like a grandma on there. But I am learning. And also, wow, reels are super fun and entertaining. Is this why everyone loves Instagram? I get it now. Okay, I am going to get to the content so I don't spend 20 minutes just chatting with you. Let's talk about discernment of spirits. So. Saint Ignatius of Loyola lived a long time ago. I don't remember when, (laughs) to be very honest. I should have researched that before I came on. Sorry about that. Saint Ignatius of Loyola, he had 12 rules for discernment that are just really helpful. They're really practical, especially when considering spiritual matters, which are sometimes kind of hard to nail down, kind of hard to get specific and to get practical, They're really good about that. So, I'm going to go through the first few rules. Excuse me. And then I'm going to give some tips that I've learned from retreats or people who are just more knowledgeable than I am. So, let's talk about the first rule of spiritual discernment. Now, when I talk about discernment, what I'm referring to is discerning kind of the voices going on in your head, right? Because you can have feelings or specific thoughts or specific inclinations that you might not know exactly where they're coming from, right? Because some feelings, emotions, inspirations, specific thoughts come directly from God. They are from the Holy Spirit. And he is prompting you. He is working in your life because he loves you. Some thoughts come just from you because you're a person and you have thoughts. And then some thoughts and feelings and inclinations can come from the evil one. And discerning where these different things come from can make all the difference in our lives because we can know what to act on, right? If something's coming from God, obviously like that's going to be the best way we need to follow that. If something's coming from us, then that's meaningful too, right? This is how we feel. This is what we think about something that should also guide us at least to an extent, right? And then if they're coming from the evil one, you want to reject it and move forward away from it. So this is very important to think about. So let's talk about the first rule of discernment. This is for those who are living in sin. And he says mortal sin. If you're not familiar with that language, this is a sin that is very grave. It's very It's a big sin and something you're doing intentionally. You know what it is. You know it's wrong and you're doing it anyway. Those who are living in sin consistently and in his phrasing, going from bad to worse. So living in sin, not really working on getting better. God speaks to us differently. And sometimes the evil kind of has a big, the evil one has a bigger handle on our heart. So you might see that the devil is leading you towards sin. He might be leading you toward imagining how things would be more pleasurable, you know, you could get more power, you could get more admiration if you go towards sin. It might lead you toward making other little sins along the way, maybe lying in order to protect yourself and so you can continue in a bad route. Um, leading you deeper into addiction, you know, and that can be, that can be really big in our world, even if we don't realize it. It could be substances, but it could also just be screens or eating or a lot of different things. I mean, I've, mine is definitely my phone and screens. I can be very, very addicted, leading you deeper into that. On the flip side, when you are living in sin and you're going from bad to worse, the good spirit, the Holy Spirit, might be feeling a little bit prickly to you sometimes. This might look like maybe seeing the consequences of your actions. If your sin is leading to hurt, you might be seeing that hurt and recognizing how it affects someone or how it affects yourself. Maybe you're realizing, wow, this is really hurting me physically or it's really hurting me emotionally. I'm very lonely because I've kind of shut away from the rest of my friends and family You might be seeing the consequences and they might seem a little bit harder. You might feel a little bit of a sting when being confronted by something you should do that's good. Like, no, I'm not going to lie here. I'm going to tell the truth because that's hard, right? When you're living in a hard state and you're kind of encompassed by sin, it's hard to go the right direction and your conscience can can be showing you some tough stuff. So that's what it looks like when you're living in a state of sin. Now, the second rule deals with the opposite. So let's say you are, you know, you're not perfect, right? None of us are, but if you are staying away from grave sin, big sin, and you are working on growing in relationship with the Lord, you're trying to stay out of sin, you're trying to do what's right, then you would kind of follow more in this second rule. And it's kind of the opposite. You might find that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit works more in consolations, maybe giving you courage and strength um, inspiration toward good and and helping you continue on, you know, maybe removing obstacles so you can continue on what he's put before you. And the evil spirit would be the opposite, would be more like biting, biting saddening, putting obstacles in your way from doing what you're supposed to do, maybe kind of disturbing your feelings and so that you're kind of feeling a little bit less energetic or eager to do what you should be doing or moving forward in your faith. And it's going to be the harder, the harder emotions. I actually, this was really helpful to me the other day. I was feeling really down all day one because I had a friend who was going through a tough time and I felt like I wasn't supporting her as much as I needed to. And then also I had recognized that I had hurt another friend And I'd apologize, but I was just feeling so down and uncomfortable and just really tumultuous. And later on, I went to prayer in adoration. And I was just like, God, like, will you please show me what I should do about this? Because like, I'm feeling really, really negative, really bad about these friendships. I really don't feel like I'm being a very good friend right now. There's stuff going on. What should I do? And I was reminded of these rules because I was preparing for this episode. And I was reminded, I was like, wait, Lord, like, here I am before you, I'm really trying to work on a relationship with you. And you're more likely going to be talking to me through consolation, through inspiration, saying like, hey, Jenna, you should, you should support and encourage this friend in this way. Or Jenna, you should apologize to this friend and, and come to resolution with her, you know, (laughs) like things like that. He's not going to be speaking to me by making me really uncomfortable, feeling like a bad friend, right? And there's a really important distinction that I made, and I want you to hear too. You might have already heard it if you're really familiar with the concept of shame. But God never speaks to us through shame. He's not going to be saying, Jenna, you're a really bad friend. You are not supporting people. You're hurting people you're really not a very good friend right now. That's just not how he speaks. Now, there might be guilt. Guilt is different than shame, right? If I did something wrong, like I did hurt my friend, then I might feel like, oops, I really hurt her. I really need to apologize and talk to her about this. But that's different than me feeling icky all day, even after apologizing, even after coming to a beautiful reunion with this friend and feeling icky like wow i am a terrible friend i can't believe i did that that's different that is from the evil one that's from the devil and in that moment when i realized that i was like oh okay okay so i can move forward and then i could come to the lord and say hey god like what should i do to support my friend you know this friend that i i felt like i need to support like hey do you have any ideas for me like what can i do here? you know because he is going to give me the strength the consolations the good stuff that I want to do. And, you know, Eric he might be drawing my eyes other places and be like, "Actually, you really need to focus on your children right now." You know, or or whatever it is that he wants me to focus on. So, this is very helpful. That's that's rule number 2. Now, the next rules, most of, I think all of the rest of the rules actually, deal with what they call consolation and desolation. And some of y'all might be very familiar with this, and some of y'all, these might be brand new words, but when you are having a relationship with the Lord, especially when you are staying out of sin, if you're in that like second state where you're you're trying to approach the Lord and you're trying to stay away from sin... Even so, in our prayer, we can go through ups and downs, all right? And and every relationship's like that, right? Our relationships with our husbands, our kids, our family members, our friends, all of these kind of go up and down a little bit. The difference is when you have a relationship with the Lord, he's perfect and he's unchanging. So a lot of times the changes in our spiritual lives have to do with us, but not always, right? So when we are finding in our prayer, maybe for weeks on end, every time you come to prayer, you are just feeling total love and gratitude for the Lord and you're feeling close with him and you're feeling like peaceful and just, this is where I need to be. I want to be spending time with my Savior because he is so good. You know, you're feeling these things. Um, Some things that they say about consolation and the rules is you find inner peace, spiritual joy, joy tears of consolation. Have you ever felt so, so strongly about God that you tear up? I mean, I do. If you know me, you know that I cry a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, I get those tears of consolation. You might have your mind just elevated to God and and an increase of faith, hope, and love. And then what if you have weeks on end of this? And then it kind of starts to turn where you start feeling, I don't know, just a little more distant from God. You don't feel that big emotional connection. Maybe you're feeling just some agitation in prayer or in relationships with others. Maybe you're just feeling kind of sadness. Or or for me, sometimes it's dryness. You just kind of feel like, okay, like I did my prayer and that was that. There wasn't really anything that I, quote unquote, got from it, right? Anything that I felt fulfilled with, but just kind of dry, maybe a lack of emotion, lack of vulnerability. Um, you might have limited vision, maybe when something seemed so clear before, it's just not really seeming that clear anymore. And and you find that your faith and your hope and your love are based on things that are not of God. Maybe you have faith in your situation or in um, your financial state, or you're having hope for... I don't know, like how people treat you and how people are expecting you to act and not necessarily on the Lord. These things are called desolation. So the first one, when you're on fire, that's consolation. And then you can kind of fall into desolation. And St. Ignatius has a lot of different little tips for us when we're dealing with both of these. Now, something he says for either state, either state, he says, remember And remind yourself often that this state will not last. When you are in a state of consolation, you can't create that. Like that is a gift from God and it is wonderful, but it's not the ultimate good. God is the ultimate good. When you're having an emotional high, man, it's the best. I love it so much. But that is not what we're going for. We're not going for a spiritual high. We're going for the Lord. We're going for heaven. We're going for this promise from someone who cares about us, loves us, and wants what's best for us. And sometimes that doesn't feel all amazing, right? That doesn't feel like you're like kicking your heels together all the time. Sometimes it doesn't. And that's, it's just, that's not the point to feel that way. The point is to come to God. So remember that in consolation. We also have to remember that in desolation. When you're having spiritual dryness it's hard, prayer is hard. You don't feel connected, you don't feel excited, you're just kind of trucking along. Remember that too, that never that doesn't last. It doesn't last. You can continue on and I'm going to talk about some things to do while in desolation that can hopefully carry you through and out of it. But you have to remember while you're in there it's not going to last forever and it will come around again. That's just, that's kind of the nature. That's the nature of the relationship. So let's, let's talk specifically about desolation because that's the tougher one, right? Consolation, you're like, woo, it's feeling great. (laughs) Let's do it. But desolation is hard and you're kind of at the state where you're like, what do I do? What do I do to get out of this? How do I deal with this? And let me make a quick clarification. When I say desolation, I'm talking about Spiritual desolation. This is talking about whether you're feeling close and emotionally connected with the Lord. This is not necessarily connected to any kind of emotional state outside of prayer. Like if you were going through depression, you are likely also dealing with spiritual desolation, but those do not go hand in hand. And if you are in desolation, it definitely doesn't mean you're in depression, right? Like your life might be going just fine, but you're still just feeling dry in prayer and you just don't feel his presence. So just quick clarification there. So if you are in desolation, these are some of the rules. I'm going to give you four. There are More, I really encourage you to check out Ignatian Spiritual Discernment, Ignatian Rules for Discernment, and you can learn more. But here's our four good rules. The first one is don't make any major changes except for those that are against desolation. So what does that mean? That means that if you are currently praying for 20 minutes every day and you're following a certain plan or you're, you know, once a week you're going and spending a holy hour and then you're spending 30 minutes a day in prayer or you're spending 10 minutes a day or whatever it is. I don't know. Whatever you're doing in your spiritual life to approach the Lord, when you are dry and you're in a desolate state, don't make changes to that away from God. Like, don't be like, it's just not worth it. Like, I'm not getting anything. This prayer isn't working. Let me stop praying and let me just start listening to worship music instead. Worship music is not a bad thing. You could certainly like add that in if you think that's going to inspire you and lift your spirits. But don't take away the prayer because of the desolation. That's the important thing. We're not going to make big changes in our spiritual life, except for those that are away from desolation. So things that we think Might draw us closer to God. In fact, you might add in more prayer or add in other forms of prayer that you think might draw our hearts a little bit. Okay, but don't go away from God because of the desolation. Number two rule while in desolation try to trace the source. So, as I said at the beginning, there are a lot of factors going on inside us, right? Sometimes the desolation is due to us. Maybe we are not putting as much fervor into our prayer lives. Maybe we've let our schedules take over and we're really not approaching the Lord as much anymore. Well, if we haven't prayed for several weeks and then we come back at it and we give 10 minutes to prayer and don't feel anything, it makes sense, right? Like it makes sense you're not going to like jump into an emotional high with him. It Like these things have built up. And if we are changing and we're kind of pulling away from God, it makes sense that we're not feeling super close to him, Right. Or there might be some other thing that's going on in our lives. Maybe we've fallen into sin in some way. Maybe we've kind of fallen into, I don't know, making decisions based on our own pride or vanity, things that we want to do that are not necessarily what God's calling us to do. These things can lead us into desolation. Now, desolation could also be due to negative forces. It could be the devil working. And there are there are ways sometimes we might accidentally bring in the devil into our lives. And I'm I'm not gonna talk that much on this subject, although I would love to, but sometimes we will willingly accidentally but willingly let in the devil through different things. Like if we are surrounding ourselves by other spiritual forces, like through Reiki or chakra, tarot cards, or even yoga, if people are like bringing in spiritual parts of yoga, these things were opening the door to other spiritual forces. And if you're, if you're inviting in a God that is not God, then that tells you it's a spiritual force that is not on the right side, right? It's not, it's not good. It's not God, right? So that must be from the devil. So I would say watch those sources, any negative sources you're bringing into into your life, and reject them because they can have an impact on your spiritual life. And then thirdly, okay, so again, remember, second rule that we're talking about is we're tracing the source. Sometimes desolation comes from us. Sometimes desolation comes from negative forces. It can also come from God. Now, this is not a way he punishes us. It's not a way he's like testing us. But sometimes God uses desolation to help us grow in maturity. He's teaching us how to continue on, persist in faith, persist in prayer, even when it's not feeling so incredible. And sometimes that helps us grow, right? Sometimes through the flame, we get stronger, right? So sometimes he allows that a little bit, he allows that separation, so that we can grow and mature. Sometimes he's just showing us that, you know, it's not really up to us, right? Consolations don't come from us, they come from him. And it shows us why he is God and for us to appreciate that. And then lastly, sometimes it's a reminder that we are approaching God. That is our goal to learn and grow toward him, not just to go for the good feelings. So sometimes that happens, right? And he allows it for a time. But remember always, number three rule for desolation, God is still there, even if we don't feel him. He still loves us. He is still seeking us, even if we're not feeling spiritually high. And then, rule number four again remember, consolation will come. Desolation does not last forever. All right, this is getting so long, so I'm going to really quickly go through consolation rules. But these are things that I think are also super helpful, so I have to say them really quickly. Some rules for if you are in consolation. Firstly, if you feel spiritually close to the Lord, Record it down. Record ways that God has been present to you. Record ways he's spoken to you or ways that you felt his presence, where you were when you felt the present. Write it down because when you are in desolation and you, it will come, you can look back and remember where God was, okay? Sometimes in desolation, we seek out all these weird sources to try to solve our problem and we don't remember where God God met us. So go back to that time of consolation and remember, how did God speak to me? How did he provide for me? What was he teaching me? Come back to that. That's where he has your heart, right? So number one rule in consolation, record, remember what God is doing during that time. Number two, remember desolation will come. Consolation is only a gift from God and it won't last forever. And then number three, if you're in consolation, You can use your consolation like a GPS. It can guide you when you are feeling inspired, when you're feeling on fire for the Lord. That is a good direction. What you're doing at that time, good direction. Keep going that path. If he's inspiring you toward seeking out a certain opportunity or serving people in a certain way or um, doing something in your household differently, you know, maybe he's, he's calling you to teach your kids about prayer in a new way or or whatever it is, you know, like volunteering in some big way. You can go that direction because God is guiding it and you can follow his voice better when you're in consolation. So if you're in consolation, this is a great time. Perk up your ears. Listen to hear what he has to say to you during that time. Okay, so much stuff, so much good stuff, and there's so much that I didn't even share with you, but check out those Ignatian uh, rules for discernment. I'll link in the show notes a website that has all the rules for discernment. So you can look at them a little bit more if you would like in their original language. And I hope that this is helpful to you. This stuff is so helpful to me. And even if you've heard it before, I mean, I always like and need a refresher. So I hope it's helpful to you. And I hope that you come back for the next episodes that are led meditations. See you then. Thank you so much again for being here today. If you know of anyone who could gain from this episode, would you please share it with them? You never know how God might be calling you to bring someone else closer to him. I'd also just love it if you came back, so please subscribe to this podcast and join me for future episodes. And until then, may God bless you.